0: Many things to be balanced. This here podcast is for a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You never know, we might be talking about spirituality and wellness, relationships, whatever it is that you do to get your money. Be it working somewhere, be it running your own thing, be it having a side hustle. It's all good over here. We are getting organized, we are handling our time management better, and we are having fun through it all. Because over here, it's all love, all light, and good vibes only. So if you are interested in living, laughing, and learning, growing, and glowing, drinking your water, and minding your own business, the perfect place for you hi i'm tiff and welcome to the life unscripted podcast building a brand and operating a business can get a little hectic sometimes i mean there's a million things to do and you only have two hands but not to fret i've got some goodies for you i want you to visit organizedenergy.com dot c o slash spill the t organized energy dot c o slash spill the t I have curated a list of some of the favorite tools and resources that I use as I operate my business that have been amazing for me. They have helped me to save time. They have helped me to build my team. They have helped me to stay connected with my people. And I absolutely love so many of these tools. I wanna to share them with you and it's free to download. So again, go to Organized Energy. .co slash spill the tea so that I can help you get started working smarter and not harder. So many of us have heard of the great resignation and many of us have also become aware of people around us might be you that um, has launched your own small business And I want to make sure that I am helping you guys to be equipped with what you need to be successful um, as you go on these journeys. So what we're going to do is to have a small series where I'll be highlighting some of my favorite tools that I use that helps me to run my brand, my businesses a little bit easier. Um, As you know, I recently, published a few books and rolled out some new programs um, that will also help you guys um, in your ventures. But going through the process of writing and publishing the books and rolling out the online programming and some of the other tools and resources that I have available to you, I came across some amazing tools that I fell in love with. So I want to introduce them to you. So one by one, as we do this series, I'm going to highlight one category at a time, just give you a brief um, synopsis and explanation for why I think you should give this particular category of tools and resources um, a try, all right? So that's what we're gonna be talking about coming right up. you guys and thank you for joining us for another edition of the Life Unscripted podcast by Organized Energy. I'm your girl Tiff and hopefully by the end of this show you'll feel more like I'm your bestie. That's the goal. Um, I love having besties and booze, um, but um, enough about that. That's not what you came for. I have actually someone really special that I want to introduce to you. Um, we are wa- wrapping up Black History Month. Um, although we celebrate, I celebrate Black History 365 days of a year, um, but I have a special series that's been going in honor of Black History Month for this particular year. And um, I've decided that I want to highlight um, incredible African Americans that are making positive impact in their local or global community. Um, I decided that um, I'm connected to way too many people on LinkedIn in particular. I think I have maybe right under twenty five hundred connections. Oh, wow. I probably know four of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and I mean probably more than that. I'm 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 being a little, I'm exaggerating a bit. But what I mean by that, you guys, is that you know I feel like sometimes we are not being intentional with the way that we connect, um, who and who we even bother to connect with, um, and so I feel like sometimes we collect connections like we're collecting stamps or something, but we really are not. Um, finding out more, digging, diving deeper, digging deeper, wanting to know more about our connections. And so I think for me, this year is going to be more so quality over quantity, you know, so it may be time to clear out some things, you know, if we're not, if it doesn't make sense for us to even be connected. But for those who I am connected to, I want to know, you know, what makes you tick? What do you really do? I found out through these conversations um there are people that we see their profile the professional profile on linkedin we don't know the backstory you know some of them i mean one that stands out to me david dennis you guys if you will go back and look at that episode i really enjoyed david dennis's episode episode i had no idea much about david dennis and here he had been my connection for quite a while but david dennis is a saxophone player <sighs> one of my favorite instruments. He has a band, you know, um, and he performs on the weekends. And I'll, you would have never known this from the, pro, from the professional profile on LinkedIn. So it's been really incredible to, you know, just to find out what else our people are doing beyond what we see, you know? And so that's what these conversations have been um, providing and, and affording me the opportunity to do. So I've enjoyed it completely. So today I have someone else is very special, Trish Harris on LinkedIn. You'll find her as Patricia Harris. And uh, Trish, so tell us more about you. Who are you? What do you do? Kind of professional. We'll start professionally, and then we'll grow. We'll we'll go. You know, more personal. But um, tell us on the professional level exactly what it is that you do. And before you get started, very important because Trish told me something before we got started that is very. That I thought was very special. She is very intentional about her setup in the back, um, but in the background, um, a lot of us, as she has said, you know, it's become life to be on Zoom or some kind of webinar or uh, some kind of video throughout the day. We're meeting, you know, via video a lot now. Um, And so the way that she has her backups background set up has been very important and very intentional with the way she has it set up. So, and I thought that was very interesting because nobody told me that. So, tell us about that. Like, what do you have in the background, and what what do they mean for you?
1: Okay. Well, hi. Good morning, everybody. I am Trish Harris. I use she/her pronouns, and I. So, I'll start with the background. Like you said, there is very intentional about how I set up and. How I want to be represented on screen, so you'll see a bit things, elements that um, represent parts of who I am, um, the 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 intersectionality of my identities. Um, and the first thing I wanted to share with you is the photo of my grandmother, my late grandmother Betty Coleman. Um, and I keep her there um, because she, you know, has been such a and, and I think about just me and my career per, and my personal um growth and journey and how important the, my, the matriarchs in my family was for me and also i look back when i'm like feeling anxious or um uh, about to say something do something i know i shouldn't should come out my mouth my grandma keeps me in check right did so, you want to did I'm you like, want
0: to send? you can forward me a picture of your grandma or i can print a picture of my grandma is that what i have to do put it in the background right. is it's that what we have right. to do to keep it's us better, looking
1: as well so grandma me... keep us together okay note taken <laughs> exactly get me together and also i recently won a moral courage award and this is a diversity award that i won for the university of north carolina at chapel hill and then i thought about like where did i get more courage from i get it from my grandmother and my great-grandmother they they um modeled that behavior and modeled more moral courage before i even knew it was a thing so that's important to me and then you'll see you know my beloved Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, Incorporated, and just thinking about the sisterhood and all the the, the foundational knowledge and um, the, the the way my sorors have embraced me, loved me, lifted me, helped, guided me when I was you know when I was low and when I was high. They've been there through through it all. So they're they hold a special place in my heart. And then you'll see my beloved Savannah State University. I am a proud HBCU graduate um, of the. Oldest public HBCU in the state of Georgia. Um, and I just owe so much to, to Savannah State University. It is, it helped chart my path and helped me explore the double consciousness of being what it makes me a Black woman in America. It allowed me to explore that um, in, in, in a way that was unapologetic. And so I'm forever grateful for everything that that Savannah State has imparted in my life the friendships, the family. So we're not, I don't call my friends there, they're they're my family now. Um, And I actually just published, got publishing rights in a book about my experience of, of, of being a first generation student at a HBCU. So that should come out hopefully this fall. Um, and then you'll see my Georgia tag and a couple of books in Georgia. I put that there because oftentimes people, oh, they assume I'm from Atlanta. I'm like, no, nope, I'm from gay Georgia population, 110, according to the 2020 census. And half of those are my cousins. And when I say I'm country and I'm from a rural town, <laughs> I mean one red light, no grocery store, one elementary school that we all went to from kindergarten to seventh grade, there was no middle school. Um, and just thinking about, again, my roots in that area, in that community, and how, again, how how I developed there, the things that I learned that I didn't think I would, that I carry with me to this day. And then I'm, I'm internally grateful for, you know, being a part of such a small community, a close-knit community. Of course, it comes with all the good, everybody knows your name, you can go somewhere, you do something, by the time you get home, three, three or four people don't call your mom and they check you there. And by the time you got home, somebody, but also when you're, you know, when I went off to college, I just remember people putting, they were writing articles about me in the local newspaper and that type of thing. It was like, oh, the little girl from Gay. That's what they called call me. And that's what I call myself. Like on, on Twitter and social media, I always see the little girl from Gay. I always give, um, you know, um, shout out to 538-706 in Georgia. It's like 45 minutes south of Atlanta, but it is very rural, that area. So um, ode to that. So that again, that's the intentionality. And these are just some books about the work that I do creating a campus, creating um, campus culture. So I serve as the newest um, senior director for education oper- operations and initiatives and in the office for diversity and inclusion at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I've been in that role for close to a month now. Uh, but prior to that, I was served as a director of recruitment in the School of Education at Chapel Hill. So I've been there roughly around five years. I've been in higher ed close... To to, um, maybe 10 years, so close to 20 years now And with a focus in college access, student success and engagement. So the student affairs, student recruitment and um, diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging. So always coming um, for college admissions and recruitment through a DEIB lens. Um, so hence how I got moved over to this, this position in the last one. If you want to know what I actually do, um, I'm still figuring that out actually. <laughs> <Right>?
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> I think that's incredible. Literally, um, I just wrapped up a conversation with Clyde Pickett, and Clyde Pickett, he does incredible work over at University of Pittsburgh, and um, and in the DEI space as well. He is the assistant chancellor um, at the school, and um, I really can't repeat or articulate to you all that Clyde does. I just know that he is in that space and he's doing important work there. um, so you guys will be able to check out that um, that interview. Actually, um, I'll, there are links wherever you all are watching from. <laughs> some are listening, some are watching. So, um, but yeah, check out the interview with Clyde Pickett as well. And I'll try to connect you too, because I think you guys are doing you're you're doing work that is uh, very similar and in the same space. And I think it's I, I'm just I love to be a connector. So, um, thank you. Uh, yeah, but that being said. So what has been your motivator for the work that you do? Like what, why is it so important for you to do what it is that you do? And what is the impact that you're hoping to make? What are, what are some of the things that you hope that you're able to achieve in the role that you're serving?
1: In the role. So what um, drives me is my why. So, I, you know, oftentimes people try to figure out what's the purpose, what's your purpose in life? I figured out a very long time ago that my purpose in life is to be a servant leader, to be a service of, of others. So I always center my why. Um, and it all it is always to be the person I needed when I was younger. So that's literally my goal, is to continue to use my platform, my position, um, the little bit of power that I do have, right? Cause I am blessed, I am privileged in a way um, having access to education, having access to individuals like you or Clyde or whoever, and utilizing those resources and accesses to build those little Trishes who was back in gay, right, to show them that a place, place like Caroline or a place like Savannah State or whatever is viable for them right to open their eyes to a world that they could only imagine or never even imagine um, so to be the person that i needed when i was uh, when i was young and somebody i could be proud of you know when my 16 year old trish would be so proud of trish now you know um so that's that's what drives me and just to, to see um when i'm talking to a student dispelling those myths about um obtaining you know a, a college education and then seeing them enter the space and go through those four years or two years if they're a graduate student, and then being there at the very end, to the hug them across that stage. Um, and then go on to see the journey, the impact that they go on to make in the world. And just to be a part of that journey is enough for me, even if it's just simply reading something for them, writing a letter of recommendation, or sitting and listening to them. Um, so that drives me with this work. And I will tell you that um, it's an enormous job doing this. And I always tell people I'm not infallible. I'm going to make mistakes, but I will hold myself accountable in this work. And I am learning as I'm unlearning, right? We, we, we learned a lot of stuff growing up. Mm-hmm. We were indoctrinated with mm-hmm. a lot of stuff or socialized, I'll say, with a lot of things. So I am unlearning some things and I'm also learning some things. So I'm growing as well. I may be a, a little bit further along in the journey than others, but I'm still learning. So I don't, I never say I'm an expert in anything because, you know, um, solutions are always temporary because the world is constantly invo- evolving. This space is constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. So, I would be doing um, the people I serve in this service if I wasn't constantly learning, reading, researching, and make, main, making sure I'm up on best practices and what's going on in the, um, in the world. But I, I think another thing that drives me is because I fear the consequence of being silenced more than I fear um, the discomfort of the truth. Uh, so sometimes being in this space, you know, you can you can um, perpetuate and continue um, injustices by being silent, being a bystander. I choose not to be a bystander. I choose to get in the game, not outside. Of the, sometimes I'm a cheerleader, yeah, but I'm the one in the game doing the work. And I will always be out. I, I will always do that. Push against the status quo. And you'll see in a little short bio that I sent you, I'm a self-proclaimed um troublemaker (laughs) getting into getting getting in some good trouble so when you're in the room and people are they're they're putting things out there and you're the only one you're like that doesn't sound right this isn't done you're bringing up seeing who's not in the room who voices are not being included and if i have to be the only one to speak up most of the time i am if that makes me a troublemaker it makes other people uncomfortable sometimes i'm like so be it and, and, but that doesn't come without consequence sometimes, yes. you know, I understand the implications of it, I understand the consequence of it, but again, I fear the consequence of being silenced more than the discomfort of the truth, so I will continue to prevail against the status quo, um, stand for what I believe is right, um, make space for those voices that have been marginalized and pulling them to the center, right, so that's what I do in essence, in addition to, you know, spreadsheets and (laughs) all the operational all the operational things but continue to to stand in my truth and speak truth to power um, and elevate those voices lift others and all the things you know Um, so that's in a nutshell without a the job description kind of thing what i do these are the programs and that type of stuff but in essence all of the programs and initiatives that i run are, are centered around my why Align with the strategic goals and the plans of the of the university and the, and the office surrounding, centered around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Um, so that's what I do. I get to do that every day. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's not so fun. Somebody asked me um, yesterday, actually, "How's the new job going?" And I was like, "It feels like an extended episode of Scandal." And I'm like the new leader of B six thirteen. <laughs> I'm like Olivia, Olivia, Pope in it every day. I was just like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" But you
0: said so many incredible things there. I mean, you did. So one of the things that you said was, and you also even followed up with exactly what I was going to say: "Um, the good trouble that you're in." A, I love it that you call it good trouble. Um, and um, and and you know and. Representative um, the late uh, John Lewis, you know, um, coined you know, good mm-hmm. trouble, and we and absolutely, there's a place and space for it. Sometimes we are misunderstood, especially as uh, someone a descendant of of an of Africans. Um, we can be especially a woman on top of that, can be dis- misunderstood, you're angry. You're an angry black woman you're hard to work with hard to deal with all when you in love just want to say i'm not going with the status quo i i it is my right to not agree with this it is my right to Absolutely. to say this isn't this isn't something i believe in you know and um and sometimes it is you know so i i commend you for your commitment to standing standing in your truth and um And and speaking truth to power, um, I love it. I love what you made, my my eyes watered up (laughs) when you said that you are doing things now that you would want your 16-year-old self to be so proud of. And like, that made my eyes watered up again. Just saying (laughs) it again. That is powerful. That's heavy because... Um, so what I do, and this is a, this, this segment is about you. So I want to continue to highlight you, but just to, to speak to that. So what I do is I help people tell their stories through launching their own podcast. Um, and, and there's, people can launch a podcast. Anybody can do that. I teach more so business strategy, on how to launch a podcast and what all you can do with it. Like where all how what can what to what lengths, what levels, what heights can you go with a podcast? And how can you monetize it? You know, how can you treat that like a baby, a baby, a business within itself? But I help people tell their story through podcasting and writing their own book, publishing their own book. So that's that's what I do, storytelling. And uh, lately I've been on this kick about storytelling and how we see their glory, we see people's glory and we don't know their story. You know, most of the time there is something behind what you see. you know, people well, are only given the highlight reels. you know we only see what people choose to share with us, you know in social media land, you know. And um, but there's so much more, so many layers beneath that um, outer layer. And um, there might have been trauma or drama or depression, days of anxiety, abuse days when you want to quit but you persevered we see the fruits of your labor but we don't know what really so all that I'm saying to say that my 16 year old self when you said that it struck a chord with me um I don't know that I've ever thought about that and that's something to think about because the 16 year old me you know I I probably I had some times you know (laughs) like I probably you know I had quite an experience um for that matter, the 30-year-old me, you know, right. was, seeing, was seeing some things, you know, some right. Right. Um, So the 40-something-year-old me, now that I think about it in those terms, you know, the person that you are could make that younger version of yourself proud. Because right. how could you know then in the midst of the trauma, in the drama, that things would turn out like they are and the story it's- would unfold I- as it is? um, that's something to think about. That is right. really something to think about. Is. I mean, you really have me like, that's really something to think about, uh, that it, everything is going to be okay. You know, right. back then, I probably, I don't know that I knew that I would be sitting here <laughs> right now doing what I do and being who i not being who I am. Like I'm just, but you know, just, just the how, like, you know, and that, that's, that's pretty incredible. That's a thought. For right. Sure. You um, think about it. Yeah. Uh, but in addition to uh, what you do professionally, what do you do for you socially or even just for you self-care wise in terms of make it taking time for Trish? You know, um, what do you do where, you know, when you're not showing up for everyone else, when you have to first and foremost show up for you, you know, for so yourself. that you can be in a better
1: position to show up for others? What do you do? Absolutely. I pay attention to my body. If I'm tired, I'm tired. Um, I have in the past year or so been practice, pr- practicing um, radical self-care. Like we like to write about it. We like to tweet about it. We like to say it, but are we actually pr- practicing it? And finding myself, reclaiming my time, finding myself back to joy and peace. So I do that by taking time for myself, like centering my own needs if I need my phone needs to go off on do not disturb, I realized like, Trish, you're tired because you're making everybody else's problem yours. It's not mm. everybody else's issues is not yours to solve. Like you can't be this superpower, like that, you know, um, superwoman syndrome that black women typically to lean into or placed on them by happenstance or by whatever positionality in their family or whatever it might be. I learned and I'm like, okay, you're the one who left and people just think you're so, everybody's like pulling you and out. but who can you call when you're down, when you stand and get out of bed and you fall to your knees because you're so tired? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And that's what it took. It literally took me getting out of my bed one, one day and I fell to my knees and could not walk because I was so tired. Mm-hmm. Guess what I did? I called my friend who was equally as tired, who had been in the struggle with me, out protesting, doing all the things. We booked the trip to Jamaica and was like, you know what? Left, just booked it, went like two weeks and a month later went. So that's what I do. I literally, if I'm I was looking at something before, I was like, hmm, I think I want to go see Usher in Vegas. And I'm blessed enough to be able to just buy some tickets and go see Usher in Vegas if I want to. And now I remember a time where I didn't have that. I remember that time when I had $13 in the in the main. And there's no way, but it was enough for me to make a sandwich and go have a private picnic on the in the in the park in Savannah. I could do that. Um, So I find ways and things that I enjoy or explore and things I may have said, oh, you know what? I want to do a hot air balloon ride this weekend. I um, um, re-found a a new spa. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get monthly massages. I'm going to do things. I'm going to, again, turn my phone off and be unavailable. I'm not going to have, everybody can't have access to my energy and my time and my space. Um, no matter how hard I want to answer the phone, I want to be there for everybody. And I, I'm intentional, and I say that to them. Even in my out of out of the office, you know, from, from vacation, I'm getting some much needed rest, please, and I will not be available. Not limited. I am not available. Please do not contact me. I, in the fact hesitate to contact me. <laughs> hey, please hesitate to contact me. I am off, even if it's just me a staycation in my home, catching up on some. Netflix, reading a good book, um, talking to my great aunt. You know, I love talking to the elders and learning about our family history. So, to me, that brings me joy just spending some time with my, who's like 90 years old, and talking to her about my great great grandmother. So, I'm learning a lot more about my family history by just engaging and staying connected with her through that way. Um, So, those are some ways I stay in in my community. You know, I can tell you I have a great community outside of my, my workspace. Some of them are colleagues who became friends and family. So quick text to them and say, hey, let's meet outside for a drink. And we do that for each other. And they can tell if I'm silent or something like that. We do check-ins. We have like this girlfriend check-in. If you haven't heard from us in three days, oh, somebody needs to come to their house, Go. everybody got a key to somebody's house. So we do check-ins. We make sure um, that we're lifting each other and that we're telling people, go sit down, go sit down. Go and sit asking down. people what they need. Because what I need um, is maybe different from what you need, mm-hmm. Tiffany. So, you know, my other friend might be okay, I just need to turn my phone off or I need y'all to send me cake. Right? Okay, we send her cake. Send <laughs> the other friend cake. Send this cake and <laughs> wine. We need vino And wine yeah. with the cake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yes. those delivery apps, just sending stuff over. I just, I, I love handwritten cards, so I'll write cards and send them, you know, in the mail to people. Just to just, I remember going to the mailbox and just getting the card, just saying, hey sis, you know, we see you, you shine, thank you for all you do. And with a $10, it wasn't even that much, but I was like, oh my, but it meant so much to me. So those type of things, just just when my body says sit down, I sit down, Tiffany, that's exactly what I do. I'm like, that's, that, it's simple, it sounds simple, but it's, it's harder <laughs> for people oh. like me who've been functioning at such a high level whether it's based off trauma or whatever, it's like if I sit down, if I, if, I don't, if I don't then do it, then who? Like, you know what? The world will the world will go on. It will you're, go on.
0: You're right. And um, I have been doing that on Sundays. So Sundays mm-hmm. is my day to do nothing. And initially when I started doing that because when I was coming up, Sundays was the day you do nothing. We do church. That's what we do on Sunday. And then at some point, Sundays got busy and we got grown and we felt like, oh, we ain't got to just do nothing on Sundays. I can get a little work in on Sunday. I'm grown now, you know, (laughs) or I can do a little, we should, you know, not knowing, I need. it ended up right back to what I was taught as a child. I need to do I need to go sit down on my Sunday. So I do Do that. that. (laughs) And initially- It was uncomfortable. The space Mm -hmm. was uncomfortable. The fact that I'm doing nothing was uncomfortable. Uh, It felt odd. And I literally counted down the the moments when Sunday was going to be over so that I could jump into Monday and do something. Mm -hmm. And I just did not know what to do with myself to do nothing Mm -hmm. on a Sunday. And uh, I'm embracing that now. I literally right. stay in bed all day on Sunday. Now that it's it, because of the weather, because it was winter. Now I imagine that as spring, summer comes up, you know, of course there'll be things to do on Sundays. Um, I was finding things to do, um, except that now COVID has happened, so I've not gone out as much anymore. But <laughs> um, Sundays was my spot, you know, over at Golden Belt, you know, over in Durham, you know, they have um, they would have outdoor uh, live jazz bands playing on Sundays. Mm-hmm. They would have a they would have a brunch, a jazz brunch, and all this stuff. Um, and um, I would do that you know on Sundays but I say that to say it's very important to do nothing and you know it feels so good to turn that phone off it feels so good you know we people have become so dependent on the phone it's like your lifeline right and they don't they're constantly checking trying to make sure what they're missing and responding to things all the time. And it just, it's never ending. Notifications are steadily popping up. If not on this app, on that app, on one social media platform, on the other, you got text messages, phone calls, email, everything. Mm -hmm. That alone, the phone, if you want to get rid of some stress, get rid of the phone, turn it off. Uh sorry I just like jumped out of there for some reason okay (laughs) but but that phone is like a mess you know and so um there is just it feels so good like it feels so good on Sundays to just go on do not disturb
1: absolutely
0: there's power in that
1: there is
0: there's a there's a gem right there you guys whoever's listening
1: or watching
0: (laughs) whichever way you're catching this
1: turn it off go sit down (laughs) that's
0: a whole nugget that's a whole thing because i noticed that at one point i was definitely operating in like what you would call or classify as high functioning depression Mm -hmm. just constantly going 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 not even stopping to have time to even real realize or feel that that's even that you even they're depressed pretty, so, exactly. busy, so busy so that busy isn't it that, but you are depressed you know it's absolutely it's a lie I know So I need you to add me to your circle of friends the kind <laughs> of cake and send me cake so right the Wegmans cake Wegmans okay. has this delicious white cake I think it's called their ultimate white cake or something like that
1: Wegmans has great pastries and cakes so does nantucket grill i love the strawberry short shortcake there. Of oh, nothing but bud so it's just it's a it's almost a problem but hey i feel that's that's my comfort <laughs> right that's my comfort and uh recently just um my friend who's the new director of the black culture center over at duke had this session on um, with trisha hershey, hershey about using rest as a form of resistance right and prevailing against that and just talking about where it stemmed from. Cause you know where it came from stems from slavery. Like just to see how long, how how much a black body can take from sun up to sun down, how I much never work- thought about did. that. It did. And then capitalism came from that. And then the work days came from that. So our current work hours at nine to five, whatever this time is, working is 10, 12, that all stemmed from slavery. Absolutely. So if you go back and you start doing some research on that, it's like, okay, so I'm going to now use rest as a form of resistance. I'm going to sit down, close my eyes. I sit in silence for 30 minutes a day. Even, even if I'm in the workday, I just stop. I put a block on my calendar, close my door, turn the light off. I may have some music in the background, and I sit in silence for 30 minutes. Just to recenter, just to regroup. I don't care where I am. I'm sitting in silence. If I need to pray, if I need to meditate, if I need to sing, I need to dance or whatever I need to do. I spend at least thirty minutes of time for me each day. And again, I like that. you, it felt so uncomfortable at first. I should be doing so. I should be doing that. I need to be at a meeting. Nope. I, I love I,
0: that. So again, yeah, the cake
1: ministry is important, <laughs> but it's not. It's not helping with my waistline, but it is
0: important. <laughs> it is important. I love it. So I want to know, as we begin to wrap up a couple of things, I would like for you to drop a few nuggets on us, share, give some recommendations on, we're talking about rest, relaxation. So along those lines, what is on your reading list? And also what's on your listening list? And listening can be, it can vary, uh, var- it can vary um, because it could be podcasts, it can be audiobooks, it could be music, you know, so, but what's on your playlist and what's on your reading list?
1: What I'm currently reading and listening to is the professional <laughs> professional troublemaker. The art uh, it's a fear fighting manual by Lovey Jones, um, and she also has a podcast called The Professional Troublemaker, and it talks about fighting fears, standing up against the status quo, the implications of, it, and also rest. Um, so, and I also listen to the Homecoming podcast by Doctor. Um, oh my God. Delma, Dr. Delma Bryant, um, who's a licensed clinical psychologist. She's now the, the now the president of the APA, which is the Association for um, Oh my God, I can't even think. Uh, psych, psych, the National Association for Psychologists. Um, so she's now the the president of that, and she has a um, podcast that's all about mental health and focusing centering the needs of uh, the Black community, Black women. And basically tell go sit down and just talking about the, the implications of this, how it shows up uh, physically um, in our bodies, when we get these headaches, where our stomach is hurting, all these different things are happening, we're getting blood clots, all these things are happening to our body because of stress and because we refuse to go lay down, right, simple, because we're leaning into that superwoman syndrome and because that black girl magic thing. And we just feel like we just got to keep going, keep going, right? Um, so it, it talks about all those things, mental health and the importance of taking care of not only your, your physical body, so doing that same work with your, your mental health as well. So uh, when you said you were high functioning, the same here, you know, all the things, and that comes from trauma, because we saw our parents do, it, we saw our grandparents, our aunts and our neighbors, all these people It was like that, don't give up, don't you quit, don't be, you know, bend, don't fold, all those type of things. It's okay to sit down. It's okay to give up on some things. It's okay to let some stuff go that no longer serves you. Just because you start, it's like, hmm, it no longer serves me. It does not make sense. I'm putting it down. And that's okay. But we've been taught, don't quit. All the poems and all the things taught about not giving up. It's okay sometimes to let things go, you know? Oh, yes.
0: And uh, Sarah Jakes Roberts literally just sent out an email, a newsletter this week and literally it was dealing with that. It was talking about being okay with separation from some things that no longer serve you. Being right. okay with with saying, you know, this, you know, and God bless it and God bless you if bless you if it's, you, if it's right. a person or whatever, <laughs> not walking away pridefully, you know, arrogantly, but in love you know, I wish you well, you know, and, and I wish me well, you know, and, and, you know, but right now this no longer, we, this doesn't serve us or the thing right. or whatever. And, uh, she even pointed to scripture, um, in Esther where, uh, Queen Vashti, you know, um, re- basically resigned from the King, you know, who was like, you know, uh, it was like, you know, this ain't for me no more, <laughs> you know, give this position right. to somebody else that deserves it. I had never read I maybe I read it and just read right over it you know but for Mm -hmm. her to highlight it and I read it specifically and I was like man I never seen but you know it was just the, the absolutely um putting down things that no longer serve you so for you guys that um uh, are not a familiar with or maybe you are but have not uh subscribed to her newsletter absolutely grab a sarah jates roberts newsletter i think you can go to womanevolved.com or something maybe and grab it but um that was a really good that wasn't that was awesome that was a a really exactly. good one that i think probably spoke volumes to many people that were on the receiving end of that of that message um yeah
1: check but, out dr dr bryant check out trisha hershey with the you know utilize arrest as a form of resistance her whole Um, theoretical framework, her whole nonprofit is centered around rest, literally rest. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are, again, my my favorite, lovely, lovely Jones, the the troublemaking piece. (laughs) So after you rested a little bit, but that's still even resting. Again, resistance, that's a form of troublemaking. Because if you say, I'm not going to answer my phone, I don't care who calls. That's make people uncomfortable, right? Because the expectation most of the time is I got to have it, even if I'm on vacation, if my boss calls, I'm going to answer absolutely not. That's right. And but we're <laughs> not just necessarily making people uncomfortable,
0: making you uncomfortable with it so until it becomes comfortable exactly. because sometimes you want to do it so bad, you know, and mm-hmm. you have to get used to not do it as well. Because
1: we've, we've been socialized to do that. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> but my last question is the most important question and I save it for the last, save it for the end. <clears throat> The question is, Sister Trish, what can you do at the spades table when it comes time for the fam to get together?
1: I need (laughs) to stay away from the spades table. Oh, come on, Trish! Give me your card. Give me your black card. I want the black. I I I didn't say I didn't know how to play spades. I said I stayed away from the spades table. Okay. I'm the the host of the the, the most. I'm over here engaging the people who can't play spades. We might be Doing a spirited game of taboo, or just talking, or doing something. Are you different. bringing us cake? You do. I'm, bring, no, I'm bringing cake. I'm bringing. Okay. Food, I'm bringing, I'm making come on. Come sure on. The, the refill. I'm doing the hostess thing because I'm like, I seen what happened at the spade table. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not built like that. Chad is <laughs> the spade table right. now. They're like, <laughs> now why'd you play the, the three of spades when you could have
0: played right. the deuce of deuce all <laughs> that? You know, because they when they played the club the 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 da and the four and diamonds, you should play the. They can remember no. everybody's hands and replay
1: like I can't, I, no mm-mm, mm-mm. Listen, So I am the one. <laughs> no, nope. Trish gonna make the drink. Trish gonna make sure everybody is fed. <laughs> make sure there's music in the background so in between people vibing. <laughs> I'm setting. I'm curating the you know the atmosphere. That that's what that's my role in the space. And we so I used to be the vice chair of the Carolina Black Caucus, and we actually. You know, everybody think it's it's the university. Yeah, everything's about research. We had social stuff too, so we actually hosted a spades tournament, and yeah. I would make sure. Yes, oh. it was so yes, so much fun. Um, Girl, I, got- I love
0: playing spades, but only if you're not gonna be combative. I am not with the because people no. do not play about <laughs> their spades, baby. Right. You better don't don't <laughs> do not do not do not make one false move, okay? And I'm not combative <laughs> with it, but I do love spades and. Um, That is so fun to me, you know, that is just so, I mean, you know, being able to just kind of, that's one of my more fondest childhood memories is my mom and um, my sister's dad, well, I guess my stepdad or whatnot, um, them having, you know, friends over playing spades, you know, they would have, my stepdad would drink Coke 45. (laughs) <laughs> he would have his, his he would have his tall cans of Coke Forty Five or tall bottles, and then you know. But everybody had they have Marvin Gaye on, and you know back then whatever right. the music was that I was coming up to back then, um, um, seventies, eighties, and uh, but they would you know have friends over, and we could not come in the living room while they playing their spades or whatever. But it was always fun, the energy in the room, and. Uh, it mm-hmm. is just good times. And so even coming up, you know, more, you know, with family, friends, get togethers, you, everybody got to have some, uh, the, have Uno ready, have Spades Dom- ready, Dominoes yep. ready, you know. Domino's, right. <laughs> and, um, it's so, as an adult, um, I used to, my ex and I, we would have friends over and we would just love to entertain like you. We would love to have the food, the drinks, you know um potluck sometimes and we would love to just have those dominoes and those spades going different tables going we have karaoke music oh those are good times you don't have to go out I'm not a going out person I'm I'm a homebody (laughs) and I absolutely love having family and friends over just to do those kinds of things I mean that is that you know that's a good day you know ice cube today was a good day if you can get friends and family over you know, just to do those kinds of things, I mean, man, that just made the week. That made the whole so, week for me. Absolutely.
1: Know? I just, I tweeted maybe a week ago that nothing brings me more joy than the sound of Black people experiencing joy, like the laughter in the room. Like you, you can be anywhere. If you're walking with, if Sammy and you were walking downtown during we just saw a group of Black people laugh, we probably would laugh too. Like that just yeah. makes me smile. you just like, they yeah. having a good time. We don't know yeah. what they laughing about. But yeah. <laughs> just to be... That the essence of it seeing black people experience joy, whether that's enjoying space, a game night with family, or a cookout, whatever it may be, that just makes me so happy. Like and smiling, just that. thinking about black people experiencing joy, because um, oftentimes we don't get we talk about the trauma all the time, and not not enough about the celebrations of the joy that we experience. Because and we do, we deserve joy. Um, Absolutely,
0: and that's what these conversations are about. And, you know, Trish, I'm going to keep them going beyond Black History Month because I've enjoyed them so much. Um, Mm -hmm. We just take for granted who we're connected to, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, these right here have been so enlightening for me. You know, again, Black History Month, we have have nursed and rehearsed the trauma. You know, we've reminded the world, whoever it is, what do they know about us? Slaves, secondhand citizens. You know, that's what they know. That's what they think they know. That's all that they've been taught. No, they've not been taught the richness of our culture, you know, in the thing, the the impact, the positive impact that we've made, our contributions to civilization and right. all these things, they just talk about the traumatic parts. And that's what we, that's how we've taught other people how to treat us. It's based on, right. they've seen us as subservient people and that's not who we are. And so right. these very conversations for me, the, the, the inspiration behind them was, to highlight the great things that there are going on in our community and the absolutely. amazing impact that we're making. Because like you said, we deserve to have joy and peace too, you know, right. and to laugh too, you know, and, and, and celebrate something rather than mm-hmm. always having to fight against and resist something, fight you against. know, cause that's kind of the experience. And so absolutely. I, I agree with you on that completely. Yeah. As we wrap up, is there anything you want to share with us? Any tip you want to give, a quote, or anything at all as we kind of begin to sound off here?
1: Yeah, I think I thought about the tangible takeaways. And as you were talking, I was just thinking about the strength and the power in um, storytelling. So I appreciate you inviting me and championing these stories in a way to help support you know others and all the things just to share out our stories to, to prevail against that trauma all the time like that being the narrative cuz you know spectac- spectators will always you know assume the content of your story based off of the filter of theirs hmm. we take the pen back it's up to you to write rewrite that narrative right um so that that's the one thing so don't allow the spectators to assume the content and write a story for you just based off their own filter or their, you know, what they, their eyes, their lens. You write that story, um, I, and I like to tell people, you know, I, you, the world will tell you you're not enough or you're too big. Um, you are enough, and if they feel like you're too big, you find you find places where you can take up that space that are big enough to hold you, or you create your own. Um. So that that those are some some tips because we've all I know I've been told I was either too big too much or not good enough and I did not embrace it so again allowing myself I hold the pen I write the narrative right come so on girl and um so and just just stand in your power continue to be your authentic uh, your authentic self learn to lean into that a little bit more um again it's a form of rebellion rebellion and um and learning who you are. Um, as a person, without all the other things that that make up you, not, without that title, without Alpha Kappa Alpha, without being Georgia, who are you? I mean, from Georgia, who are, who's Trish, right? Um, so I'm learn. I'm still learning that, and I'm, I'm enjoying that journey of getting to getting reacclimated to who I am now. Um, I'll be 40 in, the, in two more months, and I'm just kind of like, okay, at 40, who am I now? You know, Like you said, 16-year-old me was the girl with the bad attitude, the girl who was doing all these things, the one who wasn't going to make it right, and now look at me, and I'm like, I'll, while I'm proud, I'm still thinking about ways I can continue to to um, to find joy, to find rest, to find peace in who I am. Um, and enjoy and, and love that part of me. Because a long time ago, I did not love aspects of me. Mm. You know, whether that was conditioning, whether that was a way I comb my hair, like entering into space um, unapologetically, Trish, and actually loving that about me. Not just saying doing that because it's a buzzword or a fad, fad. it's actually truly in essence who I am. So I, I, I encourage people to lean into that, their authentic selves and continue to, to, to learn about you.
0: I love that and I'm gonna add one more nugget as we're on the way out the door because you said something earlier that I meant to to, to touch on but you guys one more thing that I'm gonna add this and not my quote it's Trish's is to as a takeaway and a tangible takeaway to seek to be the person that you needed when you were younger that you right. couldn't find mm-hmm. um I love that I absolutely love that. Um, Man, that was a good one. You, you, you gave us <laughs> a lot of good ones. You did. That was something that was. Uh, I meant to say something about that because I loved it so much. And I think we got, I got sidetracked talking about the being the person that your 16 year old self will be proud of. And I think I hung around mm-hmm. that one long, and I didn't go back to that because I wanted to, to to touch on that. So yes, absolutely, that would be the tangible takeaway as well, you guys. Absolutely. Um, but all that being said, um, if you guys are watching this on the replay, please drop replay in. Um, And then let's do some networking in the comments, you guys. So if, you know, let us know who you are and what you do and how we can, you know, support or follow or reach out to you, depending on what you're offering or what you do, maybe there's someone else is going to be in the comments that's going to want to link up with you connect and see what you guys can do together Um, This is all about community, and that's what I want to build here is just a sense of community. And you guys, I most definitely want to make sure that you link up with Trish. So Trish, tell us how they can find you and connect with you.
1: Um, So I'm intentional about my social media. Um, My Facebook is for my family. So that's like for my mama and them, (laughs) my uncles and stuff so they can keep up with me. Twitter is my place where I've been so I don't really share it out because now it's really political size and I'm kind of trying to be careful of who I invite with so they can connect with me on LinkedIn for now and when I open up the others I'll add it to the chat um, when I feel comfortable again protecting my peace myself but That's LinkedIn it. at Patricia Harris I think it's I know higher ed like you said you can find me Patricia Harris on LinkedIn just type in Patricia Harris UNC and I'll pop up um, if you type in Trish, that's not going to show up. Again, I, I go by Trish, but nobody calls me Patricia, but my mother. Um, so well, that's my, 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 my government. That's what's on my birth certificate. So that's what's on LinkedIn. <laughs> so I will invite you to connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a message in my inbox. I'm relatively, really responsive because that's my jam there. I'm sharing out things and connecting people. Same like Tiffany. So I, I, again, thank you so much uh, for inviting me, for seeing me. Um, um, for again inviting me to come and share my story, um, and asking, being really, being really thoughtful about the questions that you asked, um, and the preparation for, I appreciate you celebrating not only you know our members of our community, the contributions we've made, but also just celebrating our story. So I really appreciate the opportunity to come to share and talk to you and your audience. And again, anybody want to reach out, just connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy um, to connect with you.
0: Y'all do the co-word, I heard you on the Life Unscripted podcast. (laughs) You can customize those LinkedIn requests. So just let them know that the Life Unscripted podcast sent you. She let you in. Right. (laughs) All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much. That's all of our time for today. I thank you for joining us. Um, I ask that you please subscribe. If you're catching this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel and add, and, and hit the bells so that you can get alerts and notifications when we you know when we have uh, additional content added to the channel. Um, if you're listening to the audio podcast, subscribe to that too so that you'll be notified when we have new shows added. And uh, until then, until we talk again, I want you to be blessed, blessed, and more blessed. And I am out. All right. It is awesome to listen to my show, but wouldn't it be amazing if you could launch your very own? Go from listening to launching when you pick up my new book called, Is This Thing On? The Super Simple Guide to Planning, Launching, and Scaling Your Podcast. And of course, it was written by a podcaster for new and aspiring podcasters. Think of it as business strategy meets podcasting one-on-one. So yeah, anyone can launch a podcast. That's the easy part. But not everyone understands the business and brand strategy behind operating a podcast. Be it if you're doing it just for yourself and for pleasure as a hobby, or if you're doing it to Get more eyes on your brand. Either way, this book, this project is for you. Visit organizedenergy.co slash shop. Again, organizedenergy.co backslash shop. I've got some goodies for you. I want you to visit organizedenergy.co slash spill the tea organizedenergy.co slash spill the tea. I have curated a list of some of the favorite tools and resources that I use as I operate my business that have been amazing for me. They have helped me to save time. They have helped me to build my team. They have helped me to stay connected with my people. And I absolutely love so many of these tools. I wanna share them with you and it's free to download. So again, go to organizedenergy.co slash spill the tea, so that I can help you get started working smarter and not harder. Again, and as always, I wanna thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, okay? Thank you, I appreciate the fact that you shared your time with me, that's number one. Number two, I always tell you guys as I close out my show that I love you. I remind you that God loves you and I want you to make sure that you love you. Okay? I love you. God loves you. I want to make sure that you love you. Now, if you enjoyed this show and what you heard today I ask that you do me a favor as my bestie. Would you please go over to Apple Podcasts, to Spotify, and um, wherever else you listen that has the opportunity for you to rate and review. I would love for you to rate the show and to leave a meaningful review. I wanna make sure that you also have subscribed to the show and that you will share it with someone that you think would really enjoy it like you do. Okay, I truly appreciate you. I really do love you. And I cannot wait for you to join me again on the next episode. Have the absolute best week ever.